Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading of Psalm 16. Protect me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I have said to the Lord, You are my Lord, my good above all other. All my delight is in the godly that are in the land, upon those who are noble among the people. But those who run after other gods shall have their troubles multiplied. I will not pour out drink offerings to such gods. Never take their names upon my lips. O Lord, you are my portion and my cup. It is you who uphold my lot. My boundaries enclose a pleasant land. Indeed, I have a rich inheritance. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set the Lord always before me. Because God is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. My heart, therefore, is glad, and my spirit rejoices. My body also rests in hope. For you will not abandon me to the grave, nor let your Holy One see the pit. You will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The word of the Lord. Please stand as you are able for our gospel acclamation. Gospel reading from the ninth chapter of Luke. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have the air of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord.
Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, on this beautiful morning, we thank you for the privilege of coming together to hear what it means to be followers of Christ, to be reminded of who we are as human beings who so rely on your gift of mercy and love that is ours in Jesus. So as we ponder your word this morning, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I ask you, what do you see? It's okay to talk out loud, I know. <laughs> Every Lutheran congregation, what do you, whoa, did I do it again? Here we go. If you were here last week, this was possessed. What do you see here? A parrot. Look again. What do you see here? Oh, I thought I fixed that. Look again. Is it really a parrot? Well, how can you tell? If you look very closely, you will see that this is a parrot, but it's really the painting of a parrot on a woman's body. Do you see her leg and toe outstretched? Do you see, do you see her arm over and her face is painted with the eye? And now that you see that what you don't see, can we turn that off? <laughs> Jesus, in this story today, we have moved into another chapter in Luke. And remember last week I said that um, Jesus had set, was going to set his face to go to Jerusalem in the next chapter. Did you hear it twice? He set his face to go to Jerusalem. That's not by accident because Jerusalem is the focal point of God's mission, of God's grace and love for the world. Jesus will go to Jerusalem, to the cross, to the grave, and be raised again to new life. But on this journey now, this intentional journey with a focus of God's mission and God's intention for him, Jesus has some very challenging and firm teachings to make his disciples aware of. And he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now they're not in Gentile territory like they were last week in the land of the Gerasenes, but now they're going to go through hostile territory. Because as Pastor John has reminded us on many occasions, Jews and Samaritans aren't exactly the best of friends. Jews worship in Jerusalem, that's the only appropriate place. Samaritans worship on the Mount of Gerizim, that's the right place. Now, it never happens even in our lifetime that Christian traditions and understandings of doctrine get in the way of us being kind to one another, does it? Well, it happened from the beginning. But Jesus won't be thwarted. The quickest way from where he has been to Jerusalem is directly through Samaria. It's not by accident that he goes there. 
rather than going the long way around. Because, and maybe I'm giving away the big secret, you know, we all know that Jesus went to the cross not just for us, but for this whole world that God so loves, right? Jesus wants the disciples to see things in a new way, to refocus not only what they see, but how they understand things. And like happens when our president or dignitaries go overseas, like when foreign dignitaries come to this country, he sent an envoy ahead, a few of them, to a village in Samaria to let them know that he was coming. And this village was not very receptive. Like, they didn't want him there at all. And the disciples come back and tell Jesus that they were not welcomed. Now, there's a little background to this. It's James and John. They've been especially privileged, is, might be the word, to have been on that mountaintop during the transfiguration to see Jesus with Moses and Elijah. They're also the ones that got just a little full of themselves about when they were arguing about who should be the greatest. And I think in another gospel, it's their mother that asks if Jesus, if they can't please sit at his right hand and his left hand when he comes in his glory, don't you think they're just a little puffed up? You know, and then they've been sent out with Jesus telling them that they could heal people and they could cast out demons and it actually worked. Wow, I mean, if we can do that. So they come back and based on precedent, history, tradition, they say to Jesus, well, they didn't welcome us. Should we get fire to come down from heaven like Elijah did when he burned up all those people? Now, isn't it interesting? New lens. No, 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 Jesus says. Don't do what you see or what you think is right. No. I mean, didn't I just give you instructions a little while ago that says that if, and if the people don't receive you, just simply shake their dust off your feet and move on? Move on. How many times do we need to hear that too when people don't accept what we think is right in so many aspects of our life together, right? A new focus, a clearer focus. And again, there's this sense of urgency. Jesus doesn't have time to go, oh, dear disciples, let's take this one step at a time. Get this, guys. I'm not going to be with you much longer. I'm moving on. And pretty soon, you don't know it, but I've tried to tell you a few times, I am going to suffer and die, and you're going to be left here. So it might, it might be good for you to pay really close attention, to listen very, very carefully to be a little bit more open than you've been before about, again, tradition and what is right and what isn't right. You know, in my first call in Tracy, Minnesota, before they remodeled the kitchen, and aren't kitchens a place that often can cause just so much joy and so much controversy? Before they remodeled the kitchen, there was a big sign on the kitchen cabinet doors that said, don't stack the plates any higher than 16. And all you know what broke out 
when somebody was foolish enough to put that 17th plate on. I mean, you would have thought the world was coming to an end. You know, we just get wrapped around so many silly things. But there's this sense of urgency. We get wrapped around silly things and we forget that Jesus is all about love and acceptance and forgiveness. His whole purpose is to show God's mercy. So no, don't blow people up. Listen differently. And I have to mention that today because I think what's happened in, within our world in this last week, within our country in this last week, is like an explosion. And if it isn't exploding already, it's just waiting to explode. If for the last 50 years we thought we've had controversy over Supreme Court decisions, things are going to be interesting, aren't they? And how we enter into those conversations, how we deal with one another, how we think about things and how we try to work together to make this world the best place it can be for all people and all their circumstances and all their rights. You know, we don't want to talk about various things. We don't want to hear about people who have been persecuted and kept enslaved for hundreds of years. We just want to move on in our comfortable zones. But urgency doesn't allow that. Urgency says that God's message of forgiveness, of love, of mercy, of compassion, of caring for the sick and the orphan and the widowed is now. It's urgent. And we are called to be a part of that mission. And so they go into another Samaritan village. We're back to Jesus and the disciples. And isn't it interesting that someone calls out, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Wow, good for you, guy. And the disciples are saying, what? A Samaritan? What? Somebody that used to be a Catholic is now a Lutheran? That's how it was when I grew up. You know? I mean, isn't it all that kind of stuff? And then Jesus' answers was this kind of obtuse thing about um, foxes have holes and birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of God has nowhere to lay his head. And he's not rebuking the man. It kind of sounds like that, or it kind of sounds like he's ignoring him. But no, he's saying, sure, follow me, but you have no idea how interesting life is going to be how different it's going to be, how challenging it's going to be. And he goes on, and, a couple, and he says to, then to someone, follow me. And this person says, oh, sure, but first I have to go bury my father. That seems reasonable, doesn't it? And the next one says, can I just go home and say goodbye to everybody first? All these things seem reasonable, but again, Jesus is in a hurry. He knows what's coming. And all those things are so important, they're important right now. But what's even more important for us as followers of Christ is doing what Jesus needs to have done for the sake of the neighbor as well. When I was getting ready to graduate from seminary, the process was that, you know, besides being tested and having to defend your arguments and stuff before faculty and, and synod staff, then of a very condensed 
version of you on paper was sent to, to all the bishops. And they gather in a, in a bishops conference. There are 65 bishops for our ELCA. And you could choose, you could say where you wanted to go, where you preferred to go. And then supposedly the bishops read all of these from all the seminaries of the ELCA at one time. And, and they went through and they decided who should be within their synod. And then, come February, March, there was a special day where at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, our regional assignments, if not our synod assignments, were posted on the bulletin board at the seminary. And we would find out where we were going to go. Now, in your minds, you're thinking, oh, what a, what a nice thing. Because all these people went to the seminary to, to follow Jesus, to go wherever Jesus sent them, right? And so we'd gather and we'd push our way up as sen seniors ready to graduate and we'd look at the board and pretty soon there was, oh, yay! And then there was sobbing. At the time I graduated, there were 78 openings in North Dakota. Now, that may not sound like anything frightening to you, but it was to many people who had grown up in a significantly metropolitan area. I said, oh, I'll go anywhere, Jesus, but please make it the St. Paul area synod. <laughs> and so I went to the Southwestern Minnesota Synod. And my husband had the audacity to tell the bishop on our orientation day, she thinks she's here because you're the only one that would take her. And he said, oh, no, no. We knew that she wanted to go to St. Paul. And Bishop Erdahl knew that she wanted to go to St. Paul, and he thought, oh, she should come to St. Paul. And I said to him, why in the heck should she go to St. Paul when she won't get a call for two years? You see, there are lots of people, pastors, that want to come to St. Paul in Minneapolis that need for good reasons. And then there are lots of people that really don't want to go to Bethlehem, thank you very much, or North Dakota, or wherever it is, right? But it's a sense of urgency. We're to go where Jesus calls us, and we're to remember that it's not going to be easy because it's not about going and doing what we want to do. Just like for Faith Lutheran, it's not about doing what we want to do. It's not about being comfortable that we can pay the bills, that more people are, are coming back to church some Sundays, although who knows how many of you beautiful people are out there worshiping you know, through online and, and everything else. It's not about those kinds of things. And it's not about the fact that, oh, we support all of these different projects, but it's about the fact that the Holy Spirit is saying, there's a need here. Jesus' love needs to be evident here. And so sometimes when you hear and the, the pleas or the, the encouragement for all of these ministries, you go, oh, for heaven's sakes, or if you lived in the generation like my dad did, your mind says, all they ever do is talk about money. Or all they ever do is ask us to do this. No, 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 that's not what the ask is. The ask is, God's given you all these gifts, financial, gifts of, of serving, gifts of loving. Where do you fit? Where is the spirit touching your heart? What's, what's making you come alive today? What's scaring you the most? Because if it scares you, 
it might just be a really important thing that you're supposed to do right now. Like get up here and try to use this clicker that never works. You know? Luke's gospel is all about bringing mercy. Mercy to those that weren't of the understanding of the one true God. And Jesus said that he came for the least, the lost, and the little. And Jesus said as he did to those Samaritans, follow me. That's your call. Follow me. Where are we going to go? I don't know. I can tell you that it'll be a wild and crazy ride. It has been for me for the last, and my husband and family for the last 28 years. But even with the challenges, there is always the blessing. You are blessed. You are called by name. So go. Go and be little Christs in the world. Jesus needs you. And even more so, so does the world. Amen.